in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. They got him. They got him. Uh, the Gilgo Beach serial killer. Uh, they got a guy, allegedly, right? It's just allegedly, but uh, they wouldn't have moved in if they did not have a massive amount of evidence. Rex Hoyerman, 59 years old from Massapequa Park. Wife, two kids, architect, big firm here in New York City. RH Architects. I've just been messing around with the website. I went to the website. There he is. A very distinguished looking fellow. Wearing a three button suit. Uh, got a, let's see what kind of watch that is. It's an expensive watch. And, uh, uh, journalists from all over the world came to interview him about his architect stuff. Some guy from France. Uh, very well established. Now, a couple of things though. Uh, for that interview, I noticed that his hair is dyed black. I mean, it's just so obvious. I give people a lot of leeway when it comes to whatever the hell it is they want to do, uh, cosmetically. I never comment on it. I never even really think that much about it. I might note it. But this, even if I didn't know he was a serial killer, I, I would have said something out loud. Um, not to his face, fortunately, for a lot of, but uh, it's, it's, it's a bad dye job. Bad. Uh, what else about him? Um, I looked at his house on, where is it? 105 First Avenue in Massapequa Park. Um, for an architect, this is one dumpy place. It's it's just a it's, you know remember Dairy Barn, remember Dairy Barn in Baldwin. I think they still have it actually out there. Um, but the um, uh, let's see, this is what the guy sounds like. Listen to this. Uh, cut thirteen. Hello, Hi. how you doing? Good to see you. Likewise. I hope you don't mind. I brought my assistant with me, Norman. Hello, Hello Norman. Okay. <laughs> I see it's raining out. Yes, it's raining. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Please. Okay. I know you said you like to do this outside, but. Mother Nature is not cooperating today. Yeah, to say the least, I tell you that. Being in your office, all right? I wasn't looking forward to doing this under a scaffold. <laughs> well, that's what he sounds like. You know, there's a uh, there's a lot of people who are into serial killers and all that stuff, uh, and they there's this fascination with serial killers who are on television before they got caught, and there's a whole litany of people like that. BTK, Dennis Rader, the, the guy from Wichita, Kansas, uh, interviewed the, that guy, Rodney Alcala, serial killer in California, was on the dating game. And then this guy, Rex Hoyerman. You know who I really feel bad for? Obviously, the families of the victims, right? And, and the victims themselves. Uh, when were these bodies? They don't know how many. We haven't heard actually from law enforcement yet. It's a lot of anonymous sources, that kind of thing. Um, he's not being linked to all the killings at this point, maybe just four. Uh, but they think this is the guy. They, it was a burner phone that he was using, and somehow they triangulated. Twelve years later, 13 years later, they figured out the calls were being made from his home and from his office. Wow. And then now I'm hearing there's a DNA, DNA as well. Um, let's hear a little bit more from this. Oh, I think about the kids. I actually looked it up. He's got two kids. You know, they had no idea. The wife had no idea. I mean, how... <laughs> Talk about disrupting. I mean, that's just... Some of them go on to write books. There's actually now a community of serial killer uh, sons and daughters. And they all get along very well. Cut 14, please. Tell us, you know, who you are, uh, you know, where you're from, and how long you've been in New York. Okay. Um, 
Rex Ureman. I'm an architect. I'm an architectural consultant. I'm a troubleshooter. Born and raised on Long Island. Okay. Been right. working in Manhattan since 1987. All right. Wow. He sounds like just a regular guy, doesn't he? <laughs> just a, uh, let's see. Is this where it gets a little bit weird? Yeah. This is, maybe there's a hint right here about a tool that he likes to persuade people with. Cut 15. If you were a tool or an object to help you, uh, in your uh, to help you to bring your business to greater heights, what would it be? You know what? Yeah. I know. All right. I have one tool that's pretty much used in almost every job, and it's actually a cabinet maker's hammer. Cabin- oh, okay, and cabinet maker hammer. Okay. It is persuasive enough <laughs> when I need to persuade something. It's Not someone. Something. <laughs> and it always yields excellent results. Yeah. And at the end of the project, whatever piece of furniture or what I'm working on, it always Uh-oh. helps it come out beautifully. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That was kind of dark. I looked up cabinet maker's hammer. I don't know what that is. Do you? I mean, a hammer. I'm looking at it. I've seen it before. I think what, what we would call it's a tack hammer. It's got it's square in the front. It's a square, and it kind of tapers in the back. It's like a mini hammer, and um, but you could definitely see this thing being used as a weapon. It's small. It's uh, it's got that. Oh, it's a nasty looking thing, and that guy's chuckling about it. Uh, James Lippin just walked in. James, uh, what's going to happen next? When are the cops going to tell us more? Hey, well, Greg, you were expecting a press conference from Suffolk County cops later this afternoon. We also know that this uh, individual, Hewerman, is going to go in front of a judge for arraignment sometime today. Uh, that should happen, obviously, in front of the press conference. But, yeah, we know that, you know, Suffolk County Executive Steve Ballone was out in front of the home in Massapequa Park this morning. So was uh, top cop for Suffolk County, Rodney Harrison, hey, former NYPD. Wait. Uh, it's in Nassau County. What are all these Suffolk County guys doing there? Massapequa Park is Nassau County, isn't it? Well, but the murder scene, or at least where the bodies were found, is Suffolk County. Uh, are we sure about all of them? Gilgo Beach? I thought that was uh, kind of a, you know, let's face it. There's always competition right now, right? They're all kind. Everybody wants to, yeah, we solved the case. There is. And you know who's going to probably claim some credit? The FBI. Oh boy, they always do that. They always swoop in, you know, the federal, uh, what do you call them? The, the, the profilers. Right. We knew that he was going to be wearing a suit when he got caught, all that kind of stuff. They tell you right after the fact, right after the locals catch him. Um, all right. No, but I've been doing some reading on social media, trying to find out as much as I can about this case. And there's, you know, a lot of experts that have followed this case very closely. I mean, it's, you know, we're talking about 2010 yeah. and 2011 when the bodies would've... were found. Solved it. Well. Obviously, easier said than done, I guess. But some of those same experts complained or said that the FBI should have been brought in sooner and that there wasn't enough cooperation between Nassau County and Suffolk County. So it's interesting you mentioned that that sort of competitive aspect maybe of working a case. Yeah, like sometimes this. a little bit of competition is good. I'm still trying to figure out where uh, is Gilgo. Be- I went to Gilgo Beach as a kid. Is it Suffolk County or is it Nassau County? Uh, I mean, Massapequa Park is definitely Nassau County, right? Right, you got Diego doesn't know. Yeah, you're talking to a New Jersey guy, so sometimes you guys I get don't a know. Bit. You're yeah, in Massapequa, Massapequa, Massapequa Park. It's definitely Nassau County. I always thought of the Gilgo Beach murders though as more like Suffolk County, further out. Um, 
it's right on the edge there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, that long, big beach peninsula, mm-hmm. it doesn't even seem to be part of any county mm-hmm. in a weird way. All right, so... It's certainly no man's land. I mean, that's potentially why there's so many bodies there. I mean, this guy's linked to the four murders, the Gilgo Beach Four, but they found ten bodies. They found ten bodies. I'm looking at his mugshot right now. Um, doesn't seem to be particularly shocked. Sometimes they say these guys want to get caught. Sometimes they say, you know where they arrested him? Uh, right outside of his uh, firm here in New York City. I went to the website. I actually called I called the, the business, RH Architects, and um, they put me on hold, and there was music, and that's it. Nobody ever answered. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and they it's on Fifth Avenue in Midtown. So the guy had to be doing so. But look at the damn house. This is a very sloppy, poorly maintained house. And if you had two kids, it's incredibly tiny. I mean, not incredibly tiny. People have small houses. but And I think two of these kids were adults. One was a stepchild. I actually, I do, I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with this stuff. Mm-hmm. I went on a social media dive yeah. and, and, you know, they got Instagram accounts and they're both, they're very talented and they, one's a nurse up in Buffalo and I, it's, uh, I feel for those families as well as the families of the victims. Um, but you're right. The house sort of sticks out like a sort of thumb because you're seeing the photos of the scene with all that, you know, massive police presence there. And, you know, largely nice homes along the street there in Massapequa Park with, like, you know, PVC fencing and stuff like that. And then this guy's got plywood holding up his front porch, um, mold and moss growing on on the shingles, you know, shoddy paint job. Definitely a, a creepy-looking place. You know, um, I will tell you, I've done a little bit of personal research on this thing, and I'm not saying that he was a suspect, but he was a person of interest, mm-hmm. Alec Baldwin. Because he's from the South Shore, he's a notorious hothead, and he's a white male, right? Well, I'm just saying, personally, I found him to be a person of interest. Well, did you see where Alec Baldwin's brother Billy. said that he went to That's what I'm saying. high school I, with I guy. wasn't that far off the mark, okay? Billy Baldwin, let me see here. Billy Baldwin just said, put it up on Twitter, that, uh, let's see here, uh, woke up this morning to learn that the Gilgo Beach serial killer suspect was my high school classmate Rex Hoyerman. Burner High School, Massapequa, New York, class of 1981, married two kids, architect, average guy, quiet family man, mind-boggling. Massapequa is in shock. Um, yeah, yeah. All right, so it wasn't the Baldwin. I knew it wasn't, but I mean, I just, when I think Massapequa, Massapequa Park, I think the Baldwins. I think a lot of people do. It's famous for that. Mm-hmm. And, um, all right. I mean, I never, I'm just being, you know. Well, you're being a little being a little, cheap, I'm being but, a little bit jerky, but. Yeah, but at the same time, there are. You know, theories out there that there's still another killer potentially linked to some of these bodies, that it's not just the one person, that this was somehow a convenient place maybe to, to dump bodies. Hoyerman had a buddy. Potentially. A, wing, a wingman. Maybe. I will say this. I think given 12 years, you could have basically investigated every guy in neighboring communities. Mm-hmm. Well, did you see the report from the New York Post where they said a year ago they had a DNA hit? On this guy. Yeah. I mean, they've been following him for a year. It sounds like to me they've been accumulating evidence. DNA, you kind of like, I think you pull the trigger once you get the DNA evidence. But uh, who knows? We'll know more. Um, Cell phone records as well, apparently. The BTK killer, Dennis Rader. Remember that guy? I mean, he also did a TV interview once. He was a total wacko control freak. I think they should have had him, I mean, years ago. Just look at every, I mean, there are only so many guys. I know there are like. You could probably come up with a list of 5,000, maybe even 50,000, but you go through that list. That's what I would do. Ah, what do I know? I don't know. It just seems like it should have been solved earlier. We're glad it's solved. Wouldn't it be wild if he's innocent, though? 
It would be. I mean, I get, like you say, it's a suspect at this case, an alleged thing. You know, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But uh, it, it is notable where, you know, there were so many theories like this guy, the alleged killer, could be connected to law enforcement. Some people thought maybe it was a judge. He's connected somehow to the buildings department. I don't know if that would have any part of it uh, as far as a theory, but, you know. Just throwing it out there. That hammer. I'm throwing a lot of things out there, so it's okay. <laughs> Alec Malto. Hey, do we have uh, the uh, county executive out there in Suffolk, right? His name is uh, Balone. Nice guy, oh, by the way. Very sharp-looking guy, too. Let's go. We have never stopped working on this case. There are uh, police officers, Suffolk police officers, who started working on this case who have retired. There are people who talked about this case Never getting to this point, never getting to this resolution that we see today, this development that we should see today. But it was the nonstop dogged determination of all those guys. That's it. All right. Sounded like it was mid-sentence there, but that's okay. Uh, well, we're glad this is over. A lot of families are getting closure. One family is in total and complete. Uh, you know, out of space shock. Can you imagine that? You know, if a, a relative and this guy, nobody would have suspected him. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. So, hmm, all right, what next? What's the next serial killer we got to focus on? Hmm. Is there anybody else out there? Well, I mean, you know, again, we'll see what the cops have to say at this press conference later today because maybe they will say something along the lines of, we think there could be a connection to these six other bodies that we identified and found remains of there in Gilgo Beach. Maybe they'll say, you know, we're still not sure how that's connected. I don't know. But that that's the part that kind of leaves it a little bit unresolved. Is there a nudist beach at Gilgo Beach? There is, right? Isn't there one of those beaches, nudist? No? I'm not sure, actually. All right, you guys just looked at me. You're all sh- totally shocked. Well, I was I looking mean, not, not it's so like, much it's not the weird, weird, I mean, I, mean, I, I think there's one down there. Uh, but uh, anyway, who knows? It doesn't matter. All right, well, nice job to the cops, be it Suffolk or NASA or both. Thank you. We'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, so uh, the reports are coming in. Uh, yeah, he looks like a normal guy, this, that, and the other thing, right? Uh, a family man, but uh, here we go. Gilgo Beach murder suspect Rex Hoyerman was weird and a big talker, according to a source. Uh, let's go through it. The Gilgo Beach murder suspect Rex Hoyerman was weird and a big talker, so much so that it makes sense that he's a serial killer. Someone who knew him professionally told the Post on Friday. He would always stand out. He was very personable. He would always make a point to talk to everyone in the room. The person who asked not to be named, recalled of Hoyerman, 59, who was taken into custody in Manhattan on Thursday night. He was a big talker, promising to make professional connections and then never following through. They continued, noting that Hoyerman, who ran his own architecture firm, from the architecture industry and met him 10 times. Uh, he was weird. He was always odd. He'd mosey around. We knew something was odd about him. Um, don't they always say this? I mean, you've kind of seen him in a new light, right? Is this Hoyerman, who was married, due in court later on Friday, arrested, DNA evidence linked him to the grisly killings of the Gilgo Four, young women whose remains were found along a strip of Ocean Parkway near Gilgo Beach in late 2010, uh, all four women advertised as sex workers. They were strangled, killed by strangulation. It's shocking. It's terrifying, the source said of Hoyerman's alleged involvement in the murders. 
You never think you're going to come into contact with a serial killer. I never got the impression he was sleazy to women, they added. I feel like it makes sense. He's a serial killer. He's a weirdo. Uh, neighbors in Hoyerman's quiet Massapequa neighborhood were similarly shocked by the arrest. It's a little bit scary. It can be anywhere. It could be in your own neighborhood and you would never know, said uh, a woman who lived down the street from him since 1989. Um, all right. Now, in defense of all the weirdos out there, <laughs> I mean, where everybody's a little bit eccentric here and there, right? Doesn't mean they're, uh, they're anything. Sometimes it's the most normal person. Who was a really normal serial killer? Does anyone come to mind? Um, I guess they were all a little bit off. There must have been one guy. No, they're all crazy. Well, this is fascinating. It happened in our own backyard. Usually it happens in Utah or, you know, Washington State, you know, but now it happened, uh, right here on Long Island. This guy lived there. Where did he go to college? Anybody know? Uh, and becoming an architect is like a hard thing to do to become a licensed architect. It's like seven years of training and then you got to do another apprenticeship and you have to do this and that. It's, uh, um, but not all architects are out there designing skyscrapers. Some will, um, you know, renovate your kitchen and that's cool. You need, you need these people, uh, to do this stuff. Uh, buildings are very, very intricate. Wow. We're looking at him. Rex Hoyerman. I want this press conference to start immediately. I have lots of questions. Don't you? Um, the other thing that's going on. Democrats are telling each other they're getting ready to attack Joe Biden. They're actually all giving each other permission to go after Joe Biden. Um, now, they need permission. Who who gives that kind of permission? The organ of the state, the New York Times. They have now been authorized by two very prominent elite journalists, uh, Maureen Dowd and this Frank Bruni, who used to be the food critic. Now he's the political guy. They say it's okay to go after Joe. Watch out, Joe. This is it. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Did you know you could go right to the top of the uh, Empire State Building? I mean, the tippy, 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 tippy top where uh, only utility workers go. I'm seeing a couple of lucky tourists got to look. There's a little hatch, and you can come right outside. I would love to do that. I would love to do that. Hey, uh, uh, when we get a chance, I think they are getting ready to say something about the uh, serial killer who was just arrested, the alleged serial killer, Rex Hoyerman. I'm looking at his high school picture. Let's see here. High school picture, and it's uh, uh, he's wearing eyeglasses full of hope, you know, uh, everybody's pretty good looking in high school. Uh, Paisley tie, uh, 1981. You ever notice a lot of serial killers wear eyeglasses? I'm not saying everybody, obviously, but it's kind of a thing. Um, Jeffrey Dahmer, eyeglasses. BTK, uh, Dennis Rader, eyeglasses. Often, um, they have eyeglasses that are kind of shaded. You know, they're half eyeglasses, half, um, sunglasses. Uh, James in Valley Stream. Hello. 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 Uh, I was just thinking it's if he's found guilty, the architect, they'll give him 10 life sentences. Isn't that beautiful? What kind of a justice system do we have? What um, you would prefer him put to death? What's the deal? What, 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 what? Of course they should give him the death penalty. I, I've seen it on another show where they're 
The, the guy killed 10 people, including children, and they give him 10 life sentences. You know, look, uh, I, we don't have, it's, I know, but it's not the law. It's not the, we don't have it in New York. Maybe we should. I gotta say this, every now and then with the death penalty, I do get nervous. Not in this case, it looks like it's overwhelming, but that, you know, sooner or later, they're gonna put the wrong person to death. Right? I mean, mistakes get made. You ever look at the people, uh, you know, you ride the train with? The, that's the jury pool. You know, some are great, some are uh, not so great. I don't know. I don't know if I, um, if I want the state to have that authority. I don't, I don't know. I'm a little bit mixed on that, to be honest, Al or, uh, James, you know, but, uh, death penalty. huh? You hear me? What? If you kill a cop, well, you kill yeah, a no, woman. all right, James, thanks. Easy. I, I'm not, I, I didn't kill anybody. Okay. Don't, you don't have to berate me. Uh, Al is in New Jersey. Hello, Al. Yeah, Greg, how you doing today? Good. Yeah, the, I heard this morning, uh, Curtis Lee was saying that Madry was, uh, made the police commissioner. Is that a fact or is that just, uh, some, you know, rumor? Uh, I would say that is a rumor, and I would also say that that is wrong. That's not going to happen. That is, not. that's not, that's not going to happen. I got pretty good sources at the NYPD as well, and it ain't going to be Madry. Uh, thank you, Al. Uh, and Sandra, hi. Hi, Greg. Um, I wanted to uh, mention to you that Donald Trump is going to uh, host a Sound of Freedom. All right, Sandra, I know that. Sandra, you know, I love you, but you always call with some sort of bulletin. You never talk about what we're talking about. Talk about something that we're talking about. I already know that. We already. It's been on the news for two days. I love you. We've been talking about the serial killer. You have any thoughts on uh, this crazy guy out there at Gilgo Beach? You want him put to death like James? I I, I have to be honest with you. I didn't I didn't study that yet. But I, I'll tell you one more thing about the movie. All right, um, <laughs> Sandra. This is a conversation. You know, you, I'm gonna. You, I can help you. I know people. We can set you up with your own podcast. But uh, what else about the movie? Okay, well, I wanted to point out that the movie was produced by a Mexican filmmaker who used to work at, with Donald Trump. He was appointed a member of the Advisory Commission. I do not name... believe it. An Advisory Commission? Yeah. And wow. Sandra, a little bit. An Advisory Commission is no big deal, all right? And you know who will tell you that they're no big deal? Donald Trump. He has gone on publicly about these blue ribbon commissions dominated by socialites, right? Everybody wants to be on this commission, that commission, to say they were on a commission. It's no big deal, all right? And he's not going to do any of that stuff in the second term. Believe me. Believe me. Uh, I've already had the uh, the head of the studio on, Angel Studios. We've had Jim Caviezel on. We've had everybody on. And I'll say it again. Go see the movie uh, Sound of Freedom. Now, there's a lot of stuff that Jim Caviezel is now saying that's not in the movie. All right, he's talking about uh, 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 kids and adrenaline and uh, uh, you know the CIA and the FBI and the DOJ and doing all this weird stuff, which they do a lot of weird stuff. I do not know at this point if they're doing the weird stuff that he's accusing them of doing. I, I don't know if that's true or not, um, but it's different from the movie. The movie is enjoyable. The movie is fun. The movie is, um, is it fun? It's fun in terms of it's excite, it's exciting. It is exciting. It is a, it is a real movie going experience. It's not like you're watching a documentary. Uh, and it's very moving and you're going to be compelled to do something at the end. It's not much, but, 
but I did it. Also, I'm hearing that people are having some uh, some difficulty seeing the movie. Like, sometimes something will go out, something will break. Hey, actually, here's Jim Caviezel right now. Here he is talking about, this stuff is not in the movie, but it's great. Cut 16. Who bore that beautiful child. You are going to have something held to pay for, for what you've done. Media, I'm not afraid of you at all. You Satan, that's right. You three-letter agencies that have gone along with this wickedness, that have torn these children from our mother's wombs. I'm talking, really, these are the wicked here, but there's another group of wicked, those that stand in the middle that do nothing, that allow this to occur. And, you know, a, a beautiful woman told me that you have the good and you have the evil, but in the middle you have the fence. And the devil owns that fence, and you are on top of it. you got to decide what you want. It seems that you don't want a republic anymore, that you don't want life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And you think like, oh, let Steve Bannon do it. Let let someone like Donald Trump do it. They'll take care of it for me. No, it's all going to be gone because God is going to put a wrath on this nation like you've never understood. There's going to be fire and brimstone on this earth like you've never seen. He's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah if he doesn't take care of what is happening here now. And you can kill the most innocent when he was in conception. You can first trimester, second, third trimester, partial birth abortion, now killing a baby 28 days after it's born. My God, what is that for? Why, Why would you, how does that save the mother's life? You know, or do you need the the organs from that baby? Is that why you need it? Or the organ harvesting you don't want me to talk about? Or the adrenochrome, you elites, you elite leaders in this world. And understand, America, there are leaders that you don't even know about that are controlling this whole world system. Those guys that I'm talking to right now, my Lord and Savior is coming after you, and I'm not afraid of you. I love that part. Not afraid of you. Now, some of the stuff, I don't know what he's talking about. I mean, I don't know, uh, some of what he's talking about. The organ harvesting, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, that's not in the movie. Okay. Uh, but look, I, uh, I like this guy and, uh, the conviction and it's so impressive. There is something going on with organs that I do know about though. In Afghanistan, after we got out in such a hurry and gave that country back to the Taliban and now Al Qaeda is flourishing. Did you know some families are so poor? that they are selling the organs of their children. That's happening in Afghanistan in the wake of our botched catastrophic withdrawal. The other thing that happened as a result of that, uh, Vladimir Putin decided to invade Ukraine. So for all these peaceniks out there, right, just, um, and I'm for peace, I guess for all these, well, warmongers actually, who think we should just uh, you know keep pouring money into Ukraine no matter what for however long it takes what about peace and consider this as we pour all that money it would not have happened if Donald Trump were still in office it would not have happened if Donald Trump 62% of America agrees with that they know it they absolutely know it they know it in their bones uh, Vladimir Putin took a look at uh, Joe Biden and realized I can take him I can take him. He's not going to be able to do anything. Half the time they're going to be spending uh, just getting this guy's story straight. 
Um, it's uh, terrible. Okay, here we go. This is that Frank Bruni thing I was telling you about. Democrats, it's okay to talk about Hunter Biden. Um, on and on and on, he says that Democrats are in total denial because if you ever say anything that is critical of a Democrat, they say that's just helping um, Donald Trump. And that can't happen. Let's see here. Uh, the intensity of many House Republicans' fixation on Hunter Biden is deranged, and journalists would be wrong to chronicle every breathless inch of their dissent down the rabbit hole. You see, he's giving himself, he's apologizing as he writes this story. But we'd also be wrong to ignore Hunter Biden entirely, and Democratic partisans who urge that aren't being realistic and are doing as much to feed suspicions as to quell them. Peter Baker wrote in the Times last month, in modern times, the harsh spotlight of media scrutiny has focused on Donald Dixon's, that was Richard Nixon's brother, financial dealings with Howard Hughes, Billy Carter's work as an agent for Libya, Neil Bush's service on the board of a failed savings and loan, Roger Clinton's drug convictions, and of course, the various financial and security clearance issues involving Mr. Trump's children and son-in-law, which were all bogus, by the way. Uh, Baker later added, even some of the president's Democratic allies have privately said there were legitimate questions about Hunter Biden's business dealings in Ukraine and China that seemed to trade on his name. <laughs> this is how they bend over backwards to, to justify maybe someday starting to ask tough questions. That Peter Baker guy, they all <laughs> they're still ignoring it. It's still going to take a long time for anything uh, significant to happen. Jack, what's going on? You're in Floral Park. Yes. Hi, Greg. You do a great job. Thanks very much. Look, it's, it's, it's a terrible tragedy about what happened to all these people at Gilgo Beach, and nobody, of course, should be murdered. However, I'm curious about the liberal media's normalization of, of abnormal behavior. For, for a decade now, we've been told these are prostitutes that were, that were killed, and now they've shifted it to make them sound a little more innocent. They were sex workers. They're, but, you know, at, at some point, we have to call a spade a spade. And, and, and this is part of the story that they're ignoring. Well, wait a second. I mean, sometimes we, I, I, they're ignoring it. I mean, you say they're all saying sex, sex workers. They're not saying prostitutes. I mean, number one, look, I'm looking at it right now. I just put in the word prostitute, okay, and hit news. Um, CBS News said prostitute. NBC News said prostitute. Um, Demo- uh, now there are some local things saying prostitute. Now let me see prostitute Gilgo. All right. Sometimes you know we we we. I, I'm not sure if I agree with you uh, on this one. Uh, I'm seeing all kinds of people say prostitute. Um, yeah, it's all over the place. I sex worker is a euphemism. Yeah, it's come into fashion. Um, New York Daily News, prostitute. I mean, it's all over the place. They're still using the word prostitute. What do they say? It's the oldest profession in the uh, in the world, right, Jack? That's true. Absolutely. All right. Well, keep up the good work. Thanks, right? man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, there's been this whole push to like unionize uh, prostitutes and call them sex workers and that kind of thing. I don't think that's. Uh, I don't think that's uh, good. Well, you know, it's not good for it's not good for anybody. It's not pers- good for the sex workers. It's not good for the people who use the sex workers. It's all it's all terrible, but it's part of the human condition. It's always going to be around, I guess. I guess, right? Oldest profession out there. Um, it is true. And actually, though, he's got a point. Uh, some of these things, you certainly don't see it in the headline. Hey, by the way, what difference does it make at this point? 
right? Whether they were sex workers or uh, brain scientists, surgeons, I don't. It doesn't matter. They're human beings, and they were killed by the same guy, allegedly. And uh, it's a big story. And there's a lot of interest. You know, we can't say, oh, they're just sex workers, so nobody cares, or they're just prostitutes, nobody cares. No, everybody cares about this thing. And we're on the edge of our seats, waiting for the, waiting for the, um, the press conference already. Friday, the Friday dump. No, I don't think that had anything to do with it. They just figured this was the time to, um, this was the time. I wonder what that's like. This guy was reading about it in the newspapers all these years. You know, some of them really, really, that's what drives them. They're excited by that. You look at, um, BTK. Dennis Rader, he loved that aspect of it. So did Son of Sam, David Berkowitz. Went into his apartment up there in Yonkers and headlines all over the place. Hey, when you run for president, you better know some basic facts. And that guy from Miami, Suarez, what a dope. He's running as a Republican, mayor of Miami. I guess Pete Buttigieg started this dumb trend uh, that anybody can run for president. Why not? It beats working. Suarez doesn't know a damn thing. All he knows is, hey, I look good in a T-shirt, egomaniac, and uh, I hope he gets eliminated from this race uh, before he even gets to the primary. He should drop out. He stinks, and it's a disservice to uh, to the country. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Man, I can't whistle anymore. Who remembers the Andy Griffith show? Uh, the Andy Griffith show. I never particularly liked it. It was uh, kind of boring and slow. Um, but still, uh, it's a great show, right? I mean, what could be wrong with the Andy Griffith show? I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. It just wasn't my taste as a kid. I preferred cartoons and, you know, cats and mice blowing each other up and uh, stuff like that. I, but I saw something again recently. It was re-aired on CBS News and it is something else. It is something to behold. It is a master class in the elite media fake news snobbery. Um, you'll never hear anything about, I don't know if it's ever been this bad. Fake news has been bad for a long time, but so it's Ted Koppel. Remember Ted? He goes to the hometown of Andy Griffith. And why, why would he do that after all these years? So it's a big town. It's, um, no, it's a little town, but it's like big in folklore. Mayberry, Mayberry RFD, right? So Mayberry RFD is some other town. What's the name of the real town? I forgot. I'll, it'll be up, uh, it'll be up in a second. There's a big statue of Andy Griffith downtown. Uh, and he's holding hands with, uh, who is that kid? Opie, Ron Howard, right? And they got fishing rods, and it's a beautiful, classic town. And what could be wrong with this? And Andy Griffith's house is there, and they got a museum, and people come from all over the world to see this stuff. And it's great. Well, Ted Koppel goes, and he tries to ruin it. (laughs) He tries to ruin it for everybody. And how does he do that? He says, I don't think there were enough black people in this show. What? Not enough black people, not enough people of color. And he just tries to say that the whole show is racist. And then he picks on people for going there and liking the show. You ready for this? It's wild. Let's go. Now, suppose me and you both wanted that apple. And I grabbed it and wouldn't give you half of it. Now, how would you feel? I wouldn't mind. 
You would. There's a worm in it. The Andy Griffith Show aired for eight seasons here on CBS back in the 60s. Andy, Opie, and the gang were a huge hit with viewers back then, and it turns out they still are. Ted Koppel has one of our Sunday best. His visit last summer to North Carolina. That tall, amiable sheriff and his little boy Opie heading to a fishing hole on the outskirts of Maybury, North Carolina. We're actually strolling along a lake in Beverly Hills, California. Ron Howard, he's the actor who played Opie, is now one of Hollywood's top directors. Most of the other stars, Andy Griffith, Don Knotts, who played his deputy, Barney Fife, and the actors who played Aunt Bee and Floyd the Barber, they've all passed on. After all, it's been 54 years since Andy left the show. Oh, brother, sorry. This is more... (laughs) This guy, this guy. It's more boring than the show. Let's... We'll speed up to the part where he starts really laying into these people who... He's like, how dare you enjoy the Andy Griffith show because there are not enough black people. And then he tries to find a way to blame Trump. All right, just skip another minute in and let's see what happens, okay? Can we do that? Maybe we can do something with it, and businesses were born or reinvented. It's a little bizarre, isn't it? It went off the air. Right. More than 50 years ago. Yes, sir. It captured a reality that never was. True. Mayberry is fictitious. Most everyone knows that, except maybe some of the rabid fans of the show. They believe it's real. And, let it be said, the town isn't doing a whole lot to undermine the illusion. Stop by at Wally's filling station, and you can get a ride around town in a vintage Ford Galaxy squad car. These days, there's a whole fleet of them carting tourists around town. And now he goes, he's looking for an argument. at other ways that we can promote the community because we know the Mayberry generation won't be here forever. But now with streaming television, Andy will be forever with us, and we hope a younger generation will pick it up. As if on cue, the Foster family from Pomeroy, Ohio, showed up. Watch it four hours, Monday through Friday. It's no exaggeration to say that this recreation verges for the Fosters on being a national monument. Oh, brother. Maybe I should talk like this for now on, right? More than that. What do you mean more than that? It's on sometimes early in the morning. Aren't you afraid that... After a month or two of watching four hours or more a day, that you're going to turn his little brain to mush? Oh no, no, not when it comes to good wholesome shows. Yeah, what is she? What are they supposed to be watching? Reality TV, Ted. Thanks a lot. He's actively trying to ruin this thing for this family. See that a lot today in TV. Down on Main Street, where tourists peek into Floyd's barbershop. Or grab a bite at the All right, now he racializes it. All right, commercial break. It gets, uh, it finally gets juicy. Sorry about that. All right, more details. We're expecting to hear from uh, the top cop in Nassau County about the guy they caught, the architect, Rex Hoyerman, the serial killer, allegedly. Traffic jams, tailgating, 
pile-ups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, are we going to see this guy? I got we got live cameras right outside the courthouse in Riverhead, that is Suffolk County, and um, any moment the arraignment of the Gilgo Beach suspect. Um, well, um, this is uh, this is going to be good. I want to see it. I want to see justice. Don't you? Great job by the cops. Um, uh, one of them involved. Uh, let's see. Oh, this is the new Nassau County chief. He's been there. How long has he been there? But he's good. Rodney Harrison. He's an NYPD veteran. Can we play this, please? Cut 18. Chief Rodney Harrison of the Nassau PD. Go ahead. The effort. Uh, Suffolk. The work by all the members of the task force uh, allowing us to get to this point today. Uh, it was a collaborative effort. Um, it, the resilient work that was done allowed us to place somebody into custody. All right. Nice job. <laughs> what else? 59 years old. Rex Rex Hoyerman. Um, they arrested him in Manhattan last night. And he grew up in Massapequa Park. And he went to high school with the Baldwin brothers, with Billy Baldwin. How about that? We're going to wait for this. Should be playing anytime. In the meantime, should Joe Biden be arrested for eating a baby? Cut 21. All right, you can't see what I can see, but it's on a tarmac in Lithuania, and there are just some random people standing around. I guess they're VIPs because they're meeting the president, and one of them, a mother, is holding a baby. The baby is probably, what, a year old, 18 months old? And instead of um, doing anything normal with the baby... What would you do? You know, maybe tickle the baby with your finger once or, I mean, you used to say kiss babies, kiss the baby on the cheek, maybe. Instead, Joe nuzzles the baby in like the backside and puts his lips, his mouth against the baby's body and goes like cookie monster. But his lips are, you know, touching the baby. It is so weird, so incredibly inappropriate. Um, the baby is freaked out. You can tell. Then he stops doing, and then he backs up, and he sees the kid is traumatized. So what does he do? He tries. He swoops in for a kiss, and then the baby really gets freaked out and pulls away even even more. And then Joe kind of senses, okay, this baby's not into me, and he walks off kind of really directly. Boom, he's out of there. Um, Joe, we've talked to you about this many, many times, many times, all right? I mean, we've got hours of videotape, you being really indecent with people and you've been confronted about this this is a very brave woman who came forward in 2019 and she was a las vegas lawmaker and you made her feel uncomfortable and based on her story i can understand why she was uncomfortable cut 22 joe biden was behind me i'm kind of preparing myself to give these remarks it's the very last days before the election and uh, very unexpectedly and out of nowhere I feel Joe Biden put his hands on my shoulders, get up very close to me from behind, lean in, smell my hair, 
and then plant a slow kiss on the top of my head. Now, you would say, okay, well, that's just her story. We have a million different photographs, hundreds of women documenting the same thing. The same thing. He downright molested the wife of the Secretary of Defense in front of everybody. This is a man who's had power for a very long time and thinks he can do anything, including, I believe, uh, get money from our enemies like China. Okay? Uh, can do anything. Now, Joe was confronted with all this, and he was desperate to save his political career. So he said he would never do it again. You remember this? Cut 23. Social norms have begun to change. They've shifted. And the boundaries of protecting personal space have been reset. And I get it. I get it. I hear what they're saying. I understand it. And I'll be much more mindful. That's my responsibility. My responsibility, and I'll meet it. Well, he didn't meet it. It's interesting. That's kind of like the uh, Harvey Weinstein defense. When Harvey Weinstein was first confronted with all the Me Too stuff before it got really, really serious, he said, I am a child of the 60s and 70s, and rules were very different back then, and, uh, you know, I will try to be different. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. You know, Joe Biden was accused of sexual assault. He was. Uh, by a woman who worked for him. And uh, Tara Reid is her name. And there's all kinds of evidence to back up her claim. Now, does it prove it? No, but it certainly, well, it was a legitimate claim. She could and she should have been heard. Remember how we stopped everything and listened to uh, Christine Blasey Ford say everything that she had to say about Judge Kavanaugh, even though she had no evidence, zero. Well, Tara Reid could place herself as a staff member of Joe Biden's in 1993. Uh, Tara Reid's mother called up Larry King on national television and said, my daughter was just assaulted by a United States senator. Do you have any advice? Um, there are various friends and things like that that she told. So, um, I mean, where there's smoke, whatever. Now, you may think, okay, wait, wait a second, Greg. You were You were accused once. Well, yes, I was. And guess what happened? A hell of a lot more attention, a hell of a lot more media attention and law enforcement attention on me, Greg Kelly, at the time, local news anchor. All right. Yes, my dad was a police commissioner, but I mean, these are, this was local. My, that's that allegation against me. No kidding. Got about a hundred times more coverage than this Tower Reed allegation against former Vice President Biden at the time who was running for president. Isn't that kind of incredible? I remember, I thought I was in dreamland. I woke up, it was the top story, that thing that I went through on Channel 2, on Channel 4, and Channel 7, national. I was just like, it was the strangest thing in the world. But strangely enough, I was very calm, because I knew I knew I was innocent, and I knew the evidence would establish that. So um, I think that Joe Biden, President of the United States, should get maybe, maybe, Maybe a third, maybe half, or maybe just as much scrutiny as Greg Kelly, local news anchor man in 2012, got. Huh? Don't you think that would be fair? Equitable? Is that the word? Equitable? Equity. All right, Frank in Astoria, what's up? Uh, yes, Greg, it's uh, nice to speak to you again. Uh, you know, I called because I wanted to ask you something. You said that you have uh, solid police sources that indicate that. Madri will not be the next police commissioner. That's very embarrassing to me because uh, a lot of the people that I know, like Howard Safer, uh, 
you know, my staff sergeant at the 114 precinct, they, they get very uh, nervous when they, you know, they hear something that the that a new police commission has been elected, and then they hear from some other place that uh, the guy is not uh, going to be the police commissioner. So I don't think anybody's me? getting nervous about anything. I mean, wait a second. Someone's getting nervous about that? Your friend, the sergeant, is getting nervous about uh, what I said or what that guy said? There's going to be a new commissioner. It's not going to really affect much of anything. Eric Adams and his incompetence, his, his personal incompetence, he is incompetence. He is incompetent. Now, there are like... Two people around him that I like. Two. Um, but I, I don't, I don't understand what you mean. It's going to upset the, it's not going to be Madry. I'll tell you that. It's not going to be him. Uh, so I don't think that should have said anybody. From what I hear, the idea of Madry being the commissioner, that would be upsetting the people. So, uh, Frank, and by the way, as you know, I think you said the commissioner is elected. He's selected. He's not elected. Right, he's not elected, I know, he's selected. But what I'm saying to you, Greg, is that many of the uh, guys that I know are from New York City Emerald Society. Uh, many of them are from, others are from captains. Uh, and? And uh, what about them? They, they, they feel uncomfortable when they see something that, someone that does not something, someone who does not support their specific union or organization inside the department. They feel alienated, and that's why when you said that, I got a little bit nervous myself as a former auxiliary. Wait a second. You got nervous because I said it's not going to be Madry. Do you want Madry? Nobody knows who we're talking about. These aren't giants in law enforcement anyway. Uh, what I mean, why do you want to, like, what, what? why would it make them nervous, Madry? They think Madry's good? He's. I don't know. I, don't, I mean, maybe he is, maybe he's not. All I know, it's not going to be him. I don't have a strong feeling about Madry. What? Chief out there in Brooklyn was tough. He took bullets in housing developments. He knew how to handle crime at its highest level. So they want a guy that supports all five boroughs in the department, not a guy that, you know, takes bullets all the time like Madry. All right. Well, thanks. Um, you know, uh, the cops uh, got a job to do, and they'll do it. I know they will. Commissioners come and go. Uh, they come and go rather frequently lately. We'll have had six, I think it's six, in uh, nine years, nine and a half years. Commissioners come and go. There's only one legend, Ray Kelly. 14 years grand total. 14 years. And uh, one of the toughest jobs. You know he never had to, uh, never made a gaffe, never made a mistake. Never. Never. You can look it up. There's nothing. <laughs> it's a, a, a flawless record. It's kind of incredible. Um, I am looking at the courthouse in Riverhead. They got all kinds of guards outside the courtroom. There will be an arraignment, and they're going to bring this guy in, the suspect. I hope there are cameras in the courtroom. I want to see. I want to get a load of him now that he's been accused. Pardon me. Is he going to be wearing the orange jumpsuit? They're going to bring him in. They're going to read him the charges. I guess he'll enter a plea. Maybe not. That doesn't always happen at an arraignment, actually. Does he have a lawyer yet? Um, uh, we'll see. I mean, no death penalty in New York, so he's... Uh, there's another serial killer from uh, Long Island, right? There are a couple. That guy from East Meadow, right? Rathkin, Rifkin, Rifkin, Joel Rifkin. Similar uh, similar M.O. He worked on prostitutes. Terrible, terrible. Hey, do me a favor. Skip ahead to the part where uh, Ted Koppel starts really giving these people a hard time for liking the Andy Griffith show, and he says there are not enough black people in it. I mean, were there enough black people at ABC News in 1965? I wonder. And I have it on pretty good authority that uh, uh, Ted Koppel here was a jerk to Max Robinson. Anybody remember Max Robinson? 
He was one of the main anchors at ABC News, happened to be black. He was from Chicago. And uh, Ted Koppel was jealous of him, and they got into a lot of fights. And um, uh, Ted Koppel tried to steal airtime from Max Robinson. What kind of thing is that to do? Um, Mario, hello. Hello, Greg. Listen, that's a couple quick things. First of all, I have to just make a correction. Last week, you challenged what South from Staten Island said about the plight of American veterans. I accompanied an American veteran. Hey, Mario, I don't remember the call, and I don't really want to talk about it. So what what else do you want to talk about? You don't call and correct me from something that happened two weeks ago. What else? Two weeks ago, a few days ago, the pioneers American veterans. All right, Mario, thank you very much. you got to say something about today, right now, okay? You want to say something about today? Today, right now. What? All right, today, right now. They, they, the defense should step in, take the Gilgo case, the Beach case, and proceed the death penalty because this guy killed up to 20 women. Up to 20. Well, that might not be a bad idea. The feds can come, can, can come swooping in and uh, make it a federal case. They can make it a federal case. And I think federal law trumps state law. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe we want the feds to do that. When they want to up something, when you've heard of making it a federal case, well, look, the guy's not going to see uh, the light of day ever again. Um, And even if he does get the death penalty, you know how that stuff gets drawn out. But you know what? Not a crazy idea, Mario. Uh, We'll see what happens in court in a couple of moments. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Wow, they got cameras outside this guy's uh, house, the alleged serial killer in Massapequa Park. I'm looking at the house right now in the crime scene tape, although we don't know if a crime took place inside the house. The house itself is a bit of a crime. It is such a dumpy little place. I'm sorry, but you can take a small place and spruce it up and make it nice. Uh, and this guy was working. He had a big firm, CEO of his own architectural firm on Fifth Avenue in New York City. I looked it up, went to the website. I called him this morning. It's a legit company, and he was the boss, and he had other architects working for him. How could he let that place crumble into this dilapidated shack? Uh, That's suspicious right there. Absolutely. Um, Ooh, and I see technicians coming out of the house with little bundles. They're wearing those, you know, those uh, hazmat suits, you know, those white suits that cover everything. Even their face, they're wearing masks going in and out. And then on the other side is the uh, courthouse in uh, Riverhead. Never been a Riverhead. I'm always vague on where it is. You know what I mean? I know it's in Suffolk County. I just yeah, right in the middle of the Forks, right? Okay. But um, yeah, I, I haven't spent. Uh, I don't think I've spent. Uh, wait, oh, wait, oh, wait, oh, wait. I went to a PC Richard there once. Um, what does this guy sound like? I uh, think it's fascinating that we have his voice, Rex Hoyerman. Big time architect did an interview with uh, French television a while back. Now, unfortunately, the French guy does a lot of too much talking, in my opinion. Um, but let's listen a bit. Cut 14. Tell us, you know, who you are, uh, you know, where you're from and how long you've been in New York. OK. Um, Rex Huerman, I'm an architect. I'm an architectural consultant. I'm a troubleshooter born and raised on Long Island. OK. Been right. working in Manhattan since 1987. All right. Um, hmm. Next cut. If you were a tool or an object to help you uh, in your uh, to help you 
to bring your business to greater heights, what would it be? You know what? Yeah. I know. All right. I have one tool that's pretty much used in almost every job, and it's actually a cabinet maker's hammer. Oh, okay, and cabinet maker hammer. Okay. It is persuasive enough <laughs> when I need to persuade something. It's Not someone. Something. <laughs> and it always yields excellent results. Yes. And at the end of the project, whatever piece of furniture or what I'm working on, it always helps it come out beautifully. Well, I think we uh, found the murder weapon before we found the murder weapon. It's going to be that cabinets maker's tool hammer. Uh, he's uh, chuckling. It's an evil chuckle there. Uh, this guy, yeah, whatever I'm working on, whether it's a piece of furniture or uh, something else, <laughs> something other than, it always comes out the way I want. What do you think, huh? This is um, this is a well. Look, I know things look pretty bad, and um, and they probably are really bad. However, it is at this point an allegation, and even when, because we don't know, this has to be proven, and that's the way it works in America, and that's still a good thing. Um, you know, he's accused, and they'll have to organize all the evidence, and they'll put it in front of a judge and the police. Well, why could they arrest him if they uh, can't prove it? Well, well, this is the probable cause phase, and in the law, there is okay. We think he probably did it. That's good enough for arrest, and we have laws, and we have a judge, and they can authorize those kinds of things, and that's fine. But as far as proving it, that's going to be up to uh, a jury someday. Although we could bypass all that and plead guilty, uh, we will. Uh, we will see. Jeff seems to know something about the uh, Gil- Gilgo Beach. Jeff, yeah, hi. Yeah, I just saying it at night. You know, you see the pictures during the day, and you see how they use the ladder truck to get over. Of course, it's marshy where he placed those bodies. He's, guy's not right. I mean, but at nighttime, you could you could build a house. I mean. I even know the state, this is 20 years ago, Greg, and I'm not being, the, the gentleman happened to be a black police officer, total gentleman, great guy. He was a state state patrol. And what happened? police guy on the parkway. No, he was very cool. You never sped on the parkway after he spoke to you. You never, you never, but, um. All right, do me a favor, stand by. I want to figure out uh, what you're getting at. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, you know, I support Donald Trump, but now that there's uh, gathering momentum to uh, get rid of Biden on the Democrat side, they're warming up to it. Looks like uh, Barack Obama has uh, given the green light to uh, start, um, you know, uh, I don't know, roughing them up a little bit. Uh, nasty pieces in the New York Times. Uh, they want to. Uh, yeah, I think this is the beginning of the end. Which in, in a weird way, in a weird way is bad news for, uh, my side, for my guy, Donald Trump. I think he has absolutely no problem beating Joe Biden. Uh, some of the other people out there, it will be tougher. It would be tougher for him to, uh, take on Gavin Newsom or for Gavin Newsom to take on Donald Trump. I mean, it's still beatable. And Donald Trump is still the nominee. He is the one who has the greatest chance to beat any of these idiots. Uh, but, uh, Gavin Newsom is, um, well, he's a he's a better politician than Joe Biden. He's younger. He's very deceitful and, uh, you know, all those vain and uh, shallow and his ideas stink, but will be harder for Trump to beat. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, all right. Where was that guy? Uh, yeah, Jeff, what, what was that about the sand and the black cop? Oh, no, no. It was a highway patrol. I used a Stop! Stop! 
I'm looking at the guy right now. He just got out of, he's, they're, they're, the, the detectives are putting him in a car. Tall guy. He's like six foot five, khakis and a, uh, a light colored shirt. And they yell at Did you do it? Did you do it? Why'd you do it, Rex? Why'd you do it? And they just put him in the car. His video just came in. You know what he looks like? Does anybody remember Dennis Hastert, Speaker of the House, who also went to jail? He kind of looks like him. Um, well, there's nothing really to say about this. They led him from the police station into a police car, and he's all handcuffed. Not wearing a bulletproof vest. Sometimes they do that with these guys. They probably realized they had the area secure or whatever, but um, and now we're waiting for him to show up in court. All right, sorry I uh, interrupted you there rather excitedly. Right. <laughs> well, it's, You're well, running a show. Sorry. You're running a show. What's up? No, well, I fished that whole area, and, like, late at night, you could I mean, late at night, there's nobody out there. Like, at least 20 years ago, that's Well, I mean, was. yeah, that's any I beach. I mean, come on, that's any beach. I mean, you know, two in the morning, no one's at the beach. Any Nothing, beach. Like, desolate, like. Good gosh, you know, like, I remember seeing deer out there when I, like, it scared the heck out of us. We didn't expect to see, we're fishing a sore thumb, we're going back to the car at like four in the morning, and uh, we didn't stay out of the library like you did, Greg. You're a good guy for doing that, I respect you. Doing what? And uh, you, you know how you stayed out of the library, you didn't smoke pot and stuff, you were a good guy, you know. Oh, yeah, that's true. That and during, well, it wasn't, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, uh, yeah, so you were smoking weed uh, out there at the beach? Like, you know, we caught a few fish. He's like, hey, you want to just take a few hits, we'll drink a beer. Can I ask you something? Why did like, you do that? Why? What, what was it about it? What was it about pot that, that, that you liked when you were a kid? What was it? Because if you saw somebody again that you smoked weed with, you go, "Hey, dude, I remember you. I smoked weed." Yeah, I know, but you know, why don't like you go fishing? Well, you're fishing. Why not? Not why not fish? Why does one have to alter their state? Why does everybody want to feel differently than the way they feel? It's Take a music. big deep of air, and I think it's just as intoxicating. I um, I'm not saying I'm better than anybody else. I told you the whole hang up I had. I couldn't make new friends. I was I was afraid of getting caught with my dad. I was you know. It was, uh, it was, uh, that, that's why I didn't do pot. A lot of different reasons. Um, but later I did and, uh, to catastrophic, uh, effect. Anyway, thanks, Jeff. Um, that was kind of wild to see that guy all of a sudden just come out of the station house in Suffolk County. Big, big guy. He's got to be six, five. He was the tallest guy there and there were like 20 guys around him. Um, what else about him? No glasses like he was wearing before. Looked uh, exhausted. And um, can I say this? He looked guilty. He looked guilty. Jamal, hey, it's you again. Welcome back. Uh, I'm calling you on my behalf of myself. First of all, I have two fast comments to you. This guy is Republican and Trump supporter. <laughs> and I will predict Trump and Biden will be again in the presidential. Okay. And uh, you know, I like let, you a let lot. Let me ask you this. So I, other than your prejudice, other than your prejudice, what are you basing your observations on again, about this guy's politics? Huh? What are you? What, what, tell me how you justify that comment that he's a Republican and the Trump supporter. I, Which, let's face it, I mean, Jamal, this is beneath you. All right, I've known you for a long time. All right, you got an intellect to just call the radio station and say, "I know that this guy's a Trump supporter." Now, number one, we're never going to find that out. Number two, how the hell would you? Why the hell would you say that? He lives in the area that they hate white uh, other people. It's Dem all white. Oh, it's all white. Demographically, Demo all white people. You know what, Jamal? You are you smoking pod? 
You never sounded this stupid to me before. What are you talking oh about? It's, they hate people. They, you're telling me that white people hate people of color. That's it, right? That, that, that's how you view MAGA. That's how you view me. With all we've been through, Jamal, that's where you are right now? Come on. Stop that. Stop that. And you're going to call this guy a, a, a MAGA guy? Hey, what if he is? What if he is, Jamal? What's our conclusion there? Huh? What's our conclusion? Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. I'm all, we're all okay. serial killers. Hey, watch this. Watch this. It is going to take me eight seconds, eight seconds to find a serial killer who's a Democrat. Hold on. It's wait. Time. There, there, there. John Wayne Gacy. How many people did he kill? Thirty three. Most of them children. Guess what? Democrat. He raised money for the Democrats. Guess what? I got a picture of him right here with Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter. Oh, wow. All Democrats are, are serial killers. Jamal, listen, man. I'm going to let this one slide. I want you to think about what you said today. That was a terrible thing to say. All right. I can't have haters like you. I can't have a bigoted comments like that. What you just said. Oh, he's from that area. He must hate. He, he, he's white and therefore he hates. Jamal, I want you to talk to your family. They're good people. That, you crossed a line today, buddy. I love Not you. Not on my Chris, show. You. you know what? You get, <laughs> 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 I'm glad you're getting a chuckle out of this. I mean, look, I, what I'm going to say, Jamal, you misspoke. You misspoke. I'm glad that I got you going. Did you misspoke? Did you, did you misspeak? Did you misspeak? Are you no, joking? No, I did. hold on. All hold right, on. no, I don't, don't know about that. They told me to do it to you. What do you mean they told? Excited. No, they did. Oh, you're blaming somebody else. You blame first. You blame your family. Now you're blaming him. I don't believe you, Jamal. I think this came out of your a very bad spot. Look, everybody's got a dark. Everybody has dark thoughts from time to time. Every there's good and bad in everybody. Today, the evil, the evil one in you, Jamal, but with some prayer and a good talking to and a little introspection on yourself. I think he can come back again and talk to us. All right. Goodbye, Jamal. Wow. How about that? I was not expecting to hear that kind of bigotry from Jamal. Uh, I'm going to say it was a slip of the tongue, and he got ex- he was uh, overly exuberant. Hey, now what the hell did you guys tell him back there? Did you guys try to put him up to something, some sort of stunt? Diego, Rich, what's going on? Huh? You're all goofy and giggling now. I, okay, no one's talking to me. What's going on? You had something. You had something to do with this. Did yeah, you, he just said he just came on and said, "I want to tell Greg that the Gilgo guy was a Republican." That's all he said, and I just let him go. And he had it all. It, 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 and you know what? You know, you're a call screener. All right, screen. We screen. We get rid of the kooks. We get rid of the weirdos. We get rid of the the the, the, the bigots. That was bigoted. Wow. Jamal's going to have to go, he's going to have to go to, I mean, we're going to have to send him to anti-hate training or something like that. Send them to, they have that kind of training, awareness training. Give them some awareness skills. All right, I'm looking at the Riverhead Courthouse. The SWAT team is uh, is there, and they should be, you know. you got to have, uh, you got to be ready for anything there. Uh, there's a picture of the guy getting into, he looks like somebody else. He also looks like Randy Cunningham, Randy Duke Cunningham. Excuse me, the... Um, the old uh, congressman who got busted for corruption. He was a fighter pilot, too. Um, 
that doesn't, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, suspect plea. Oh, pleads not guilty. He pleaded not guilty to six counts. Not guilty to six counts. Not guilty, huh? Well, uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. This is wild. This is a wild case. About time. About time. I'm glad. All right, it is Friday. Let's uh, let's go back. Maybe there's somebody who's not crazy. Uh, Mimi, hello. How are you? Hi, I'm fine. I just want to tell you, I heard yesterday they found a, a body, a human body, human bones in the, the southern state parkway in the Suffolk County town of Islip by the state police. A driver found that. And right away, I thought of the Gilgo Beach. And then after that, they announced that they found this guy who killed the prostitutes. So I was just wondering if it has anything to do with that. They found a can and uh, not there. I don't know where they found it. But well, what do you, know, you think? I don't know. Uh, I would say they've had this guy. They they arrested him last night. When did they find the bones? When did they find the uh, bones? In the morning, if, yesterday. After 7 a.m. I doubt it. I personally doubt it. You know, when you got a task force, you got all these guys. They've been looking at this guy for a year. They they studied his uh, his uh, his phone and the the burner phone, and the, they triangulated where the calls came from. I don't know how the hell they did that. Thirteen years later, that's pretty amazing. Um, no, I don't think it. My guess is it has nothing to do with it. Um, but you never know. Well, we may know more. Um, uh, Mimi, does this have you uh, disturbed or shaken up? You sound a little, you know, are you okay? No, I'm 75 years old. And uh, my husband died in January. But I just want to tell you that Curtis knows about the uh, guy who you said would be commissioner. Uh, no, wait, 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 wait. Curtis does not know on this one, okay? Uh, I, I All I did was say that Madri, the guy he says is going to be commissioner, is not going to be commissioner. All right, and, and people are calling me and letting me know that what Curtis uh, had to say. Curtis, uh, if that's way is what he said, um, he's uh, he's he's wrong on this one. Um, uh, okay. No, he backed it up with. Uh, I, I don't care what he backed it up with. He's wrong. I mean, he backed backed it up. It's it's not it's not going to happen. So, um, backed it up. <laughs> he backed it up with what? Somebody told me. How did he back it up? This guy, the uh, what about that's, that's, Madri? That's, that's great. That's fantastic. It's it's wait. You he's Madri is not going to be commissioner. That's what I'm saying. He's he not said going to be commissioner. That's what Curtis said. No, he said the opposite. Some, well, really, or somebody called me and said that he said the opposite. No, no, no. He said no because he had uh, something uh, in the parking lot with his wife. Yes, there was a dispute. He's got some uh, disciplinary things uh, on his record, and that's one of the many reasons why it's not going to be him. And uh, somebody told me that uh, Curtis said it was going to be him. So Curtis, uh, Curtis, and I are both right. We're both right. Uh, it's not going to be Madri. I'm not going to say anything more than that. Although I think I do know who it's going to be. Thank you, uh, Mimi. Uh, so sorry to hear about your husband. And um, but uh, keep in touch. And uh, how about that? Uh, how about that? Um, now people are calling and saying that they're very angry at Jamal. Wow. People are getting really, ooh, all kinds of comments about Jamal. Um, I wonder if he has an attorney yet. Do we know if he has a lawyer? Do we have any reports? Can Flippin, is Flippin a bellow? I've, I've been in a bit of a hole. Can we get, yeah, if you don't mind. Um, uh, six counts. and uh, All right, one quick break. Uh, uh, but before I do that, I want to know what uh, 
what Patrick has to say. Hi. Hi. Um, I just wanted to offer defense for Trump against a, a ridiculous charge like was brought against you. Uh, the FBI, when they invaded Mar-a-Lago, they threw the papers on the floor and took pictures of them. So if anybody exposed any information to foreign countries, it was the FBI, it was the FBI not Trump. Uh, yeah, you're onto something there. That, that photograph was a disgrace. Although, oh, by the way, I wasn't charged with anything. Uh, that's how, that's how bad the case was. Uh, but thank you. Uh, you're in Indiana, is that right? Was that what I see here? Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, man, thanks for calling. And uh, more about this Gilgo situation when we come back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So um, what's up? I want to know, how the hell did they get this guy? Rex Hoyerman, the architect, the alleged serial killer in custody right now. He just pleaded not guilty to a bunch of things. James Slippin, what's uh, what's the story? Hey, Greg. So, yeah, uh, apparently this guy, Hewerman, he pled not guilty to six counts. It sounds like they're linking him to three of these Gilgo Beach four victims right now. So they say the investigation's ongoing. At least three charges of first-degree murder. Uh, you have to assume maybe those three other charges are like concealment of a corpse or, you know, something of that nature. They say that they detected junk emails or found junk emails that they say Hewerman used to contact his alleged victims. Uh, again, he pled not guilty. If he's convicted of these crimes, they carry multiple life sentences. He's due back in court August 1st. And we haven't yet heard anything about, uh, you know, you have to assume the guy's going to stay in custody and not get offered bail, but we haven't heard about that yet. Or maybe put him under house arrest with a uh, with like a little ankle monitor or something like that. Right. They're yeah. not going to put him in a house arrest. He's getting. He's going to go to. The he's going to go to the big house. Yep. Um, well, or at least the little house for now. I mean, they're going to keep him in custody. Uh, uh, what's that? What do you got there? No, just basically some additional information concerning the fact that you know uh, pled not guilty. All these uh, human remains found near Gilgo Beach since 2010. Neighbors say they just didn't have a clue as to what was potentially going on inside this guy's Massapequa Park home. Married ar- architect, Manhattan office arrested there in Manhattan. So that's generally speaking what we know at this point. Hmm. Well, I guess it's over. August 1st, the wheels of justice in two weeks. Did he have a lawyer? Uh, well, I'm seeing right now, this is the attorney for the victims that's speaking on the TV screen in Riverhead there. And out who the hell wears but... a purple hat? He's wearing a purple hat and he's got a boutonniere on and uh, what a John Ray is his name. Sorry, I don't want to be a, I mean, he's a little bit, it's like he's wearing his Sunday best. It's just a little bit, uh, no, I know. As far that, as the representation that, for the accused, I don't think we've heard from them yet. All right. Well, uh, that, you got to admit, that's not a good look, right? He's no. wearing a purple hat. I mean, quite frankly, he looks like a pimp. Well, I mean, I've noticed, you know, this is neither here nor there, but these defense attorneys or, or people who represent victims, yeah. they sort of like to be as outsized and as kind of like colorful as possible. Mm-hmm. I guess they got to separate the wheat from the chaff. Very flamboyant. Right. Sometimes, sometimes. And you don't want a flamboyant attorney. Well, sometimes you do. But most of the times you want an understated kind of behind the scenes guy who will make things better and not blow things up. Right. And, uh, this looks like a guy who likes to blow things up. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, hey, and there is a time and a place for that. There is a time and a place for that. Well, anyway, James, well, thank you very much. Uh, we'll have more on this at the top of the hour. Good. Good. Mystery solved, we think. And, uh, hey, that guy is tall. What is he? Like five? He's like, he's gotta be six, six. 
Very big guy. All right, guys, the weekend is almost here. And uh, with that, I'll just uh, whip through this really quick. Ed in Merrick, hi. Hey, Greg. Um, finally got through your screen caller. Uh, did me a solid because I screwed up the call so many times. So what's up? Um, I, want, I wanted to uh, mention about, well, other massive people, but now Jamal has got me pissed off. Well, we um, took care of him, Mer- right? I live in well, I live in Merrick, and uh, you know it's not a black white issue because I have um, you know Africans from Africa, Asians, Spanish, uh, Indians, and uh, I don't see them complaining about East Meadow. That's all Indians and not too many blacks. So it's it's not a black white issue. It's not. It's not. It was a terrible thing he said, and I was really you know I mean gosh. You know, they're always trying to divide us, racialize everything, and uh, regular people, regular people, quite frankly, it's just we know how to get along, and uh, the, uh, these evil forces trying to tear us apart. Ed, listen, thanks. Um, 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 anything else real quick? Yeah, I wanted to mention Nassau Peak, where I got a list of uh, wackos from there, Butterfuko, Jessica Hahn, uh, the Baldwins. Now, you said people who wore glasses who were serial killers. Some of them dressed as clowns, so that's why... Alec Baldwin probably fits the... Uh, oh, okay. All right. Well, hey, listen, we just uh, yelled at Jamal for having all this prejudice. We're not talking about everybody from Massapequa, although you do put, point out some beauties. Joey Buttafuoco, huh? Whatever happened to that guy? Whatever happened to him? I think he moved to Hollywood. All right, Ed, thank you. And uh, uh, basically, I think it's almost time. It's almost time, yeah. Uh, Barbara, hello. Hi, Greg. I heard you talking about the possibility of Gavin Newsom running against Trump for president. And I don't think it matters. I think it would be I agree with you with your opinion on that. But I think that Trump has already won. But I think we have to do our part. He's done everything he can possibly do. We have to watch for the integrity of the votes. Mm -hmm. And everyone can do that. We have the movie 2000 Mules to show our family and friends. We have the latest report from the U.S. Postal Service about the trucker who did indeed drive a truckload of completed ballots from Bethpage, Long Island, New York, uh, to Pennsylvania. And we have the Wisconsin vote cases where the votes were illegally obtained. There's so much proof that we can give to our doubting family and friends to help them be aware of the fact that we all need to stand up for the integrity of everybody's vote. Yep. Stand up, be heard, don't be afraid. Uh, I like all that stuff. And if you think of anything else, I mean, I like that uh, movie, but we got to do some more, even more stuff. I don't know what it is yet. Um, social media, I know we like to, uh, you know, make fun of it or whatever, uh, but that's important too. Barbara, thank you so much. Thanks, everybody. See you later.